0: the Trauma Healing Learnings, based on one mom's journal entries, recorded in real time from a catastrophic event with her son that you've been listening to in the blink of an eye story.
1: Trauma Healing Learning, Season 2, Episode 9, I Don't Want to Talk About It. Life Can Change. In the blink of an eye. Hello everyone. It is good to be together today. In the companion story, if you're following along, you heard about one of the long-term responses to trauma when I interviewed my youngest son Dutch, who was 13 at the time of Archer's accident. While it may have been painful for you or for me to hear, He is a living example of a common response to trauma, which gives us an indication that energy is trapped in the body. The response is when we shut down, clam up, and do not want to talk about it. That is, about a very unsettling event in our lives. And this is okay. Indeed, it might be familiar to you or to someone you live with or love with. And not wanting to talk about something is the body's way of protecting a broken heart, protecting a weakened nervous system that has had enough for that moment in time. It's actually an intelligent response of self-preservation or a developing young brain and body. Okay, so it's not a good long-term strategy for trauma healing, we know that, but it can be a good short-term coping mechanism. What was of interest to me was the way Dutch referred to himself now, five years plus later, as quiet There is an excellent book titled, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. One of my sons is what the author would call quiet. And I liked her premise that Western culture misunderstands and undervalues the traits of those who are introverted. But I think what Dutch was referencing was actually something else. I think he was using the word quiet to mean he just didn't want to talk about it because he was not capable at that time of talking about it. Suffice it to say, someone might be termed quiet when they have been through something catastrophic and have not been able to process it. Quiet is in that way might be code for someone in pain. Quiet might be code that boys use for their pain. That's how I see it. And to say someone is quiet when they have been through a trauma or a life experience that has deprived them of something very dear that breaks my heart a little. Yeah, I think quiet can be a sort of euphemism. You know what I mean? It's hard to fully process the pain of our lives alone, relying primarily on thoughts in our heads. It is. Trauma healing does beckon each of us to engage with others so that we are not alone with those thoughts in our heads. Albeit, we might gain some of our deepest insights when we are on our own with those thoughts, but the healing journey is made lighter with the meaningful exchange with others, others who care, others interested in our well-being. We might be more trauma-informed in our immediate response to others in trauma when we allow and encourage them to ask questions, even unceasingly, about what has just happened. One NIH research study holds that in the immediate aftermath of a traumatic event, many individuals experience what would be considered PTSD that's post-traumatic stress disorder, symptoms, particularly a physiological reactivity in response to reminders of the traumatic event, a reactivity that shows up in the body. A number of research articles confirm that all PTSD-like symptoms are expected in trauma but that they typically lessen over time. However, for a small subsection of people who are exposed to or experience trauma, there remains an over-reliance on avoidant coping strategies, including not wanting to talk about the underlying event or pain, or not being able to talk about the underlying event. The studies indicate that this over-reliance on avoidance may interfere with the natural recovery process, particularly for those who are highly reactive to trauma reminders. I don't want to talk about it is not a healthy, long-term strategy. Indeed, in the weeks following a traumatic event, most individuals who have experienced a trauma in their lives and most trauma survivors experience a profound reduction or complete remittance of these symptoms over the course of the first several months. You might want to check out the work of Rothbaum Boa, Riggs, Murdoch, and Walsh, the brain does rewire itself. But for others who have experienced trauma, a more insidious long-term impact of the unexplored response of shutting down is not only to ironically block the healing process, but also to develop a sense of automatically assuming the worst, bracing for the worst, and generally being on guard to temper any feeling of elation. Because the body is sending out messages to trauma reminders as if the original trauma is happening again, or that something terrible is going to happen. You know that expression just waiting for the other shoe to drop, as the saying goes, but experienced regularly and automatically without the ability to fully discern the reality of a situation. Young people will block adverse experiences from childhood. They do so often unconscious that they are doing so as it just feels normal until they realize later, often when talking to other peers or to a therapist or to another person trained in trauma, that it is not normal. (laughs) Well, the blocking is normal. Just the body's way of coping, as we now know. But the long-term consequence while expected for trauma, but if it goes unexamined and unhealed, is not thought of as normal because it perpetuates suffering and because indeed it can be healed. I thought I would introduce you today to one type of therapy. If you are unfamiliar with it, that can be effective for reducing the suffering of this habitual harbinger of old trauma. The therapeutic method is prolonged exposure. In prolonged exposure therapy, the client is exposed to the thoughts or people or sounds or smells, events that trigger memories of the
2: original trauma. But this is done with a professional and gradually and in small increments that allow the body to recalibrate, giving the brain the chance to literally
1: rewire. I have talked with others who, once they were able to identify the childhood trauma that had them blocked for many years, have found prolonged exposure very helpful. They reported that they suddenly realized what they were avoiding in their lives that was related to the original trauma. For some, it was a relationship with a significant family member who was part of the underlying traumatic event that they had been resistant to. And after the therapy, such resistance was mediated. Yes, emotional blockages that have physical and psychological manifestations can be metabolized slowly and intentionally through the body over time, I find this very hopeful. And as it relates to boys in particular, neuroscientists have illuminated our better understanding of the different ways boys and girls respond to conflict. Boys typically bypass the limbic emotional brain and have an automatic response that goes directly to the brain stem what we call the more reptilian brain
2: that activates our automatic reactivity of fight, flight, flee, or collapse. I have often wondered about the I don't want to talk about it for
1: boys and for men who have experienced trauma as little boys. It makes sense, doesn't it, that the self-preserving brain numbs out the painful experience so that the young boy doesn't harm himself or others. We now have other pieces of the puzzle to know that such avoidant behavior related to emotional pain
2: only harms long-term healing and relationships. Let's all be compassionate and encourage our loved ones, our friends, ourselves, and especially our sons
1: and husbands and male partners and male
2: family members to talk about a long ago memory that was unsettling and traumatic. Encourage them to talk with anyone they choose perhaps a professional. Let them know about prolonged exposure therapy. (laughs) Give
1: them a gift certificate for a massage after they see a therapist, since
2: we know that trauma healing is through the body. And if your quiet son or partner or friend happens to talk with you, Listen deeply and listen with love and encourage them to talk some more and to take a hot Epsom salt bath. Our bodies carry so much. Life can change in the blink of an eye. Life is so precious. Sending love. Hope for everything. Obtain everything. Thank you for tuning in to the Trauma Healing Learnings.
1: You may tune in to the Companion Blink of an Eye Story at Episode 9. I Don't Want to Talk About It. Thank you for listening and telling your friends. Together, We are raising the vibration for healing.
0: You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Listen on our website, BlinkofanEyePodcast.com, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Baltimore Mediation. For 28 years, Baltimore Mediation has served clients worldwide by facilitating negotiation breakthroughs, believing in their capacity for meaningful face-to-face dialogue. You can learn more at BaltimoreMediation.com.